life, do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, hello, Power Partners. It's the Informational Playground. Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We're brought to the airwaves under the SBCs of Be the Star You Are charity. And we are coming to you live on the Voice America Network, the Empowerment Channel. So good to have you with us. I, if you're listening live, it's Wednesday. And if you're listening on archives, we love it wherever, wherever it is that you listen. Because every show here is a, you know, an expression of seating, stimulating, and supporting space for positive, meaningful conversations. The miracle moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are charity. Be The Star You Are will be participating in the first Moraga Fair since the pandemic happened. The last one was 2019, and this is coming up on April 29th. And if you're interested in um, sponsoring so that you can support this fabulous uh, radio show, please uh, shoot an email or visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. As soon as we have more information, we will have the event up there. And this is from Oliver Wendell Holmes. Truth is tough. It will not break like a bubble at a touch. No, you may kick it about all day like a football, and it'll be round and full at evening. So I like that about truth. And as we always say, there's three sides to every story, yours, mine, and the truth. So (laughs) the truth lies somewhere in there. Well, our show today is going to be focusing on concentration, living alone, and hearing. Um, Living alone has a lot of advantages, but it also can have some drawbacks. And in segment two, we will discuss how you can stay safe. I mean, what if you get sick? Uh, Do you have enough income to cover your bills? Do you have a plan so that you know who will be up your backup person or, or a backup system? So that will be segment two. In segment three, we're talking about the importance of hearing. So many people don't even think about hearing until people start saying to them, gosh, you're shouting or, wow, turn down the music. It's so loud. And hearing loss can really prevent people from engaging in conversations, even from social situations, and uh, can lead to a lot of other illnesses, including depression. So what can you do to save your ears? That will be in segment three. But right now, we're going to be talking about concentration. Are you a multitasker or do you concentrate on one project at a time? Do you sometimes forget things and wonder if you are beginning to lose your memory? So learning to concentrate and be attentive to the task at hand will actually improve your memory and your health. And that is what we want to bolster, is that we want you to be able to stay attentive. So, you know, sometimes you meet somebody, I'm, I'm sure that this has happened to you because it's happened to me, 
uh, and you they tell you your their name and like a few minutes later it's like oh my gosh what did they say their name was right or sometimes you might go to a seminar or something and on the drive on the way home you're kind of already forgetting what was said now everybody experiences these these issues from time to time but many people start to worry that this is a sign that your memory is decreasing. But instead, the problem might be that you did not concentrate enough to actually store the information. So for the majority of people, it's not a memory problem, but it's more of a concentration or organizational problem when you're not getting the information initially you're not processing it correctly in the first place because you're not paying attention. So um, a neuropsychologists say that when you have a memory problem or you think you have a memory problem, in fact, many people just are having a problem with their concentration, their focus, and that is really the underlying issue. However, identifying the factors that are going to take your focus away and how to develop the skills to improve your concentration, they can really pay big dividends for your memory if you take the time to understand it and do it. So attention is essential for all good memory, and it's the first step of the memory process. After all, if you can't concentrate on any new information you receive, you will be unable to process and to store it. And consequently, even everyday tasks like following directions or uh, you know, remembering a person's name can be challenging. I guess we don't really have to remember phone numbers anymore because most of us put somebody's phone number in our phone our database, you know, our text or something. So it used to be that we were always trying to remember phone numbers. But our ability to concentrate can vary just significantly. Um, and there's going to be times when you are just too tired or you're not feeling well or, you know, you're too distracted and you will not be able to focus. But there are also certain other factors that can affect your attentiveness. For example... By devoting your attention to multiple tasks at the same time, instead of doing just one, you might limit your ability to retain the information you need most. Uh, I mean, have you ever like tried to watch the news and read the newspaper at the same time? I mean, when you do something like that, chances are you're not really getting the benefit of any of it. You're probably not even, you know, you might have a, a a brief understanding of what transpired, but you probably didn't get anything in depth. So if you're trying to do two or three things at once and you're not really focusing on any of them very, you know, studiously, you really won't process the information well enough to store it. So when you go to retrieve it, it's absolutely gone. And this is really important, especially for students. I mean, I think about, you know, all the exams and tests and midterms and finals and things in uh, my university days. And it was really important to very, very methodically focus on one thing. 
and do say it over and over and over again until I got it and read my notes and read them before I went to bed and, you know, not try to do three things at one time. So there are a number of other factors too that can affect your concentration adversely. And um, those could include if you're not getting enough sleep, if you have a poor diet, if you're dehydrated, if you're hungry, or even if you're not getting enough physical activity. And also other things that can contribute to poor concentration are some medications. Like if you're taking an antihistamine, it's going to make you tired and it's going to make you uh, not be able to focus so much. Um, if you are taking any overactive bladder drugs or painkillers, these have all been associated with impairments in concentration and memory. So a poor concentration is a hallmark also, we should, um, we should throw this out there, of um, attention deficit disorder, ADD. It's a common feature of many mood disorders such as anxiety and depression and it may occur with other medical problems that you might uh, experience, like if you have diabetes, or if you have chronic pain, or if you have a thyroid dysfunction. And you know, pain is a tough one. It's when you are not feeling good and you have pain, it is hard to concentrate. It's hard to remember because you're putting all your energy into that pain. So, uh, how do you regain your focus? Well, you can improve your concentration in one way by changing your behavior and setting yourself up so that you can process information in a regular fashion. And along those lines, concentrate on one task at a time and then devote your full attention to it. If necessary, takes frequent breaks. And actually, I will eliminate the word if necessary. I think it is important to take frequent breaks because otherwise you might just focus so heavily that you're not retaining the information anyway. You don't want to tax yourself so much that you start making mistakes. Another thing you could do is to modify the environment that surrounds you to minimize distractions that you know might erode your attention. So if you're studying for an exam, let's say, um, don't have the television on. Now, if you're a person that needs music, you know, instead of, of uh, rock music or, or hip hop or rap or whatever it is you like, what is in the music genre, supposedly classical music helps you retain your information better. For me, when I need to concentrate, I cannot listen to music or have any distractions other than the sounds of nature. And by that, I mean, I can hear a waterfall, I can hear the rain, I can hear birds, uh, you know, I can hear the rustling of the leaves, but I can't hear people talking. So I would not be good in a cubicle. And in the days when I had to work in a cubicle, I was not as productive as I could be. Um, so when you really need to focus on something, again, let's turn off the television, turn off your computer, your cell phone, just create a calm, quiet surrounding for yourself. Now, every time you switch tasks, whether intentionally or because you've been distracted, 
there's a cost to that, uh, that focus and that concentration. Every time you do that, you're whittling away at your uh, attentional store. So the more you can focus on one thing, the better, and the better that you are going to retain the information. And then furthermore, you really do need to address any medications or medical conditions that could be sapping you of your concentration. Consider, you know, meeting with a, a medical practitioner, your internist, um, or whoever it is, or you could even meet with somebody who is a cognitive rehabilitation therapist, um, but you might need to go to your internist first. And among other things, a treatment can train you in ways to boost your attention and benefit your memory, such as visualizing the information you hope to retain. And visualization is just a really great tool. It's a powerful tool because the more ways you can process information, the more likely you are to remember it. So you can go back into your mind later and actually look through your memory for it. And through certain habits, you will improve. The thought is that if you can change the way you process information, then you're going to have uh, benefits downstream for your memory. So in a nutshell, let me just give you some um, the tips on ways that you can help be more concentrated, focused, and attentive. First, get plenty of sleep. And again, if you have any sleep disorders like insomnia or you have any obstructions or you might have sleep apnea, definitely talk to your physician. In fact, talk to your physician if any of this is bothering you. This entire show today is basically a health show. So if uh, for everything, it's always best to talk to your doctor before you start, you know, tra treating yourself. Um, also, if you're feeling stressed or anxious or depressed, this is a really important issue to bring up to your doctor because there might be other medical conditions going on that are impairing your concentration and your memory. Also, review when you see your physician, review any medications that you're on to determine if any of these medications are contributing to your concentration or memory problems, make sure to adhere to a heart-healthy lifestyle. This means you need regular physical activity. You need a diet that's rich in fruits, vegetables, whole grains, lean protein sources. It has to be low in saturated fat, low in sugars, and low to none, if possible, of processed foods. Also, uh, as much as people think coffee is going to help them, you know, get over the hill, you have to limit your intake of coffee. A moderate caffeine intake can actually improve your focus, but you consume too much and it can have the opposite effect. I remember one year uh, in college, I was literally, literally slamming for a final exam. And I didn't have any food around, but I did have coffee, just black coffee. And I just, I don't know how many pots, literally pots, I drank of coffee. And by the time I got to the exam the next day, I was so, I was shaking so badly because I didn't sleep during the night and I had so much coffee. I got sick, sick and I couldn't take the exam. So don't do like I did. <laughs> that was not a good idea. I learned my lesson from that. Now, correct any vision or hearing problems. And we're going to talk about hearing 
in our final segment because those things can interfere with your ability to obtain and process new information. As I said in the entire segment is we have to learn to avoid multitasking as much as possible and learn to take one task at a time to really focus our concentration. For years, multitasking was just, you know, cheered on and really applauded. But now it has become pretty clear that the more we multitask, the less we really accomplish. So also engage multiple senses as you learn new information. So as I was saying, visualize things, verbalize it, um, whatever it is, whatever stimuli you're receiving, you know, repeat it. For example, when you meet somebody new, I always, what I was taught a long time ago is when I meet somebody is to say their name three times. And so when they say, hello, my name is Josh. Hello, Josh. Good to meet you, Josh. You know, say it three times so that you know that you got the name of the person. Sometimes you might need to associate um, something that can that can work too. You might use word associations or relate new information to something that's already in your memory. Like I'm sure most of you learned that little uh, ditty, you know, um, Columbus say uh, what discovered what, what was it? Oh, uh, just Columbus sailed the ocean blue in 1492. But then I heard somebody say <laughs> Columbus sailed the deep. Blue three, blue deep blue sea in fourteen hundred and ninety three. So now you got to be careful. All right, which one is true? So use associations, but make sure you have the right association. Um, break large pieces of information into smaller chunks. For example, uh, if you are, let's just say you don't have your phone and you're trying to remember, and you don't have a pen to write down somebody's phone number. Maybe do the first three, the area code. And then, you know, then the, the three-digit prefix and then the four remaining digits. So if you do it that way, maybe you'll remember. And uh, again, that repeating the person's name or directions or a list or whatever several times, at least three times, will definitely help you. And then finally, improve your surroundings. Make your environment calm, restful, and encouraging for you to concentrate. So Shut off your electronics, turn off the television, just remove sources of noise and distractions, and hopefully you will stay attentive, concentrate more, and bolster your memory. Well, you are listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we will be discussing how to be safe um, when you're single or solo. Don't go away. I'll be back. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 
Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. Are you a teenager with lots to say but no one to talk to? Let your creativity explode and your voice be heard on the radio program Express Yourself, a show by teens, for teens, and about teens. No topic is off limits as you connect with teens with attitude. Check out Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel. And join our global community where teens talk and the world listens. www.btsya.com. You can express yourself. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of well, we're back, and in this segment, we're going to talk about um, living alone or being single and um, kind of some things that you need to think about. Forbes magazine, the December 22 issue, did a really interesting article about the number of people living alone who were over 50. And they noted that the number to be 26 million Americans. And so that, you know, that's a lot of people. Now, obviously, when you're younger, if you're in college or, um, you know, just starting out, sometimes people have roommates and other times you're just living alone. But for a lot of different reasons, there are now 26 million Americans um, who are 50 or over and they are single. So um, they've been dubbed solar, uh, solo seniors. It means that they're, you know, they're not with family. And it's really important if you are a single living alone to do some planning for all the next steps and for things that are, can keep you safe. You know, like what if something happens and you are alone? And those uh, things include um, like considerations for housing, for health care, and for any personal safety. So obviously the financial impact of living alone is that you have to pay everything um, on your own. And so that means that any income that you are making is going to go to whatever it is that you're doing. And housing being so expensive now, whether you have bought, if you have a mortgage, or whether you are renting, it is, it's tough. It's really tough to do it on your own. And on top of that, there is a shortage of small spaces um, or small space housing, I should say, that would be suitable for, for a lot of people and especially for 
older people who are downsizing. You know, a lot of people, um, they, they might have children or they have a partner or a spouse for a number of years. They might get divorced the, or the spouse or partner might die. Or if they had children, the children grow up and they move away. And so then that person, male or female, decides, oh, I don't need the bigger house. Um, maybe I'll move into an apartment or a condo or something. But the inventory for this housing is not great enough to meet the demand that's happening right now. So, you know, people are trying to sell their big homes and move into into um, either a retirement living option or to, uh, as I said, an apartment or a condo, but it's getting tougher to do. And, and moving into a retirement living option is probably more for those who feel that they want more social interaction or they need some support. Um, now, obviously, for really young, active solos who might not have any children or spouses or partners, moving into a retirement community could be really fun. It might meet all their needs that are now and for the future. And those are most often called buy-in communities. They're called continuing care retirement communities. I have a girlfriend who was, well, I'm trying to think Maybe I'm not sure if you have to be 50 to move into it or if she was still in her 40. Anyway, she is just the most bubbly um, flight attendant. And when she got divorced, she just thought, and her kids were already raised, she thought, huh, I'm moving to one of these communities. And she absolutely loves it because she's playing tennis every day. There are dance parties. There are socials. There are, um, she, you know, there's just every kind of activity. There's all kinds of uh, trips that people go on. And she's just made a ton of friends and she just thinks it was the best decision that she ever did. So, you know, the different people like different ways of living. But again, the, the cost of everything has gone up. But housing is one thing that if you are a solo person, you really have to take into consideration. The next really important thing is health care. Um, because again, when it comes to insurance, health insurance is expensive. If you're employed and you have it through your employer, that is great. Um, that really helps. If you're not, you know, you have to have something. So maybe you have the Obamacare, if that works for you. If you are over 65, perhaps you can get on Medicare, but even these policies get expensive. But another thing you have to think about is a health care directive, because if you are living alone, you need to have either a trusted friend or a professional fiduciary or a financial institution on standby to oversee your care if you should lose the capacity to care for yourself. So an advanced health care directive will serve as a guide for any individual or institution for short-term care or for a long progressive illness. And, you know, th the other part of it is, is every person has uh, specific likes and dislikes. And you can be really specific in these directives. For example, if you are vegan, 
And if you get sick, you don't want to be fed anything that is non-vegan. You can put that in there. If you don't like ice cream or Jello, let's hospitals serve Jello a lot. You can put that into your directive so that it's very clear that you are not to have that. Like um, for me, I would want to see nature. I would want to look out a window and see trees or a park or birds or something. So it would actually kill my spirit if I had four walls and no windows. So that would be something that I would write down. So whatever it is that's important to you, I mean, maybe for you, you want a certain kind of music, but you can be specific in your planning and with the information so that you communicate to those who you have directed to make the decisions. Um, so you, those are values and desires that need to be written into your legal document. Now, there is a website uh, that is called Prepare for Your Care. So it's prepareforyourcare.org. And you can actually download an advanced healthcare directive document. And this would be a great guide for you to fill out and then have a conversation with the person that you are going to designate to make the decisions for you. Because we never really know, you know, what's what's going to happen. Um, and it's also very important for solo people to stay healthy because you are on your own. And so that means you have to be your own watchdog. You don't have a spouse or a partner pointing out what you should be doing or not doing and if you don't have children and you are a senior, um, you do need somebody that is going to be looking out for you. And this is why it's really important that you would see your physician, you know, get your exams, uh, all of that. That's very important. And to develop a healthy lifestyle so that it'll ensure that you're in charge of your own quality of health and safety. This is, I think safety is a real big issue because living alone means thinking about your safety as well. And again, this is for men and women. Um, you need to make a checklist of important safety items that are important to you. And these, you know, one of the things that would be important in any living situation, especially as you age, is universal design within your house, your condo, or your apartment. If you were to fall, like in the bathroom, are there grab bars? Are If you were to get injured and need to be, you know, have a walker or a wheelchair, um, are the hallways wide enough? Uh, having a monitor to alert someone if you get hurt or you've had a fall, there are, uh, that is probably a really good idea. There are many options in that area. Some will send an alert when you use the bathroom or if the front door opens um, and others are only maybe if you take a fall. And you know, I had an experience. I mean, of course, um, I am married and so my spouse is here. But <laughs> a few months ago, I was, um, we have a two-story house, and I was out on the balcony cleaning the balcony, and I just, I had no shoes on, I was barefoot, I had a, just a tank top and shorts on, and um, I don't know what happened, but the wind blew the door, and the door locked automatically and locked me out on the balcony, and I had no phone with me, 
I had, I had nothing to contact anybody and it was early in the morning. And but I kept thinking, how am I going to, what, how am I going to get back in? And I tried everything to open the door. It didn't work. I actually cried, crawled out on the roof, tried to open a window, but all the windows were locked. And I, then I got the bright idea, well, maybe I'll just climb on the roof and jump off. Well, that it was not a good idea. And fortunately, I didn't do it, but I got really close to doing it. I literally was perched on the edge of the roof. Uh, and I know it was 20 feet. It was like 20 feet below. And there's no soft landing. Now, if I had done it, I probably would have broken so many bones and it would have been really bad news. So I'm glad I waited it out. Unfortunately, my husband didn't come home to quite late. <laughs> and so uh, first it was really hot during the day. Then it actually got down to the 30s after the sun went down and I had nothing. It was really miserable. But the good news was I knew he was going to be home at some point. But it taught me a great lesson. Now I don't go anywhere without having a um, something on me that I can alert somebody, whether it's a phone or whatever I need. So that really taught me a lesson. And um, so that's, you know, safety is very important because I don't know what I would have done. <laughs> I had no way to contact anybody. And the next door neighbors were out of town. So that would have been really bad. So another thing for safety is you want to declutter your home and that will help you reduce the risk of falls as well. You know, as it's going to, if you have beautiful surroundings, you're going to be much happier. You'll be more relaxed. You'll be able to rest. You'll be able to decompress. So you want to go through your house and just make sure it's just not too cluttered and that you're not becoming a hoarder, which happens very easily when we let things get out of control. And then, of course, as I already mentioned, we want to stay on top of our annual wellness exams, and we want to meet with our doctors regularly so that we can discover any problems that, uh, that are early. You know, and there are a lot of tests that we forget to take. For, uh, for example, um, I didn't even think about getting, and I, I don't wear glasses, so and I have good eyes. So I went 10 years without getting an eye test. And that to me was when, when my doctor said, when was your last eye test? I was like, oh, that's a long time. So I just got my eye test. Um, if you're older, um, you might want to get a bone density test or if you've had falls. For men, you may want to get a prostate uh, test um, or both men and women need to have a, you know, a colon testing, colonoscopies after a certain age. But this is why you want to have an annual wellness exam with your doctor. You also want to see your dermatologist and have them check for any skin cancers or moles or melanomas. I have a, a very wonderful young friend in early 30s who just had a melanoma on her leg. And, you know, it's so, it can happen to anybody. So you also want to keep a go-to hospital list. And that would have the names of doctors, lists of health diagnoses, and any current medications you have, as well as your advanced health care directive that we talked about that you can find at prepareforyourcare.org. Um, 
And also, you might want to create what's called a, a POLST, P-O-L-S-T, a Physician's Orders for Life-Sustaining Treatment. That's a form, and that is a form that would tell, like if you were in an automobile accident or something dire happened, it actually says whether you want to be kept on life support and for how long. The next thing, uh, and I talk about this a lot, um, oh, and it's so sad to think of what has just happened in Turkey and Syria with an incredibly horrible earthquake. Um, I believe it was 7.9. When here in California, we could have it as well. And uh, there's disasters happening all over the world. You need that go bag with all the essentials you need to take in the event of a fire or an earthquake. Um, you need three days of food, you need medications, you need an uh, extra pair of glasses, you need some money in your go bag, socks, uh, all kinds of things. And I do have articles on what to put in your go bag, but you definitely want to have your go bag. And, you know, in that go bag, you should have copies of all your important documents or at least put them on your phone. So um, if you need help designing like a roadmap for yourself or maybe for a loved one, you know, maybe you have a, a good friend who is solo or um, maybe it is a relative that you're concerned about, you may want to get a consultation with a professional aging life care member and you can look at, find somebody at aginglifecare.org. And you want to choose someone with a care management certification and a license in her field of expertise. Like is the expertise nursing, social work, counseling, whatever it is. But the, the bottom line is everyone needs to be safe and everyone needs to think about today and tomorrow. So... The, it really would behoove you to decide how you want to manage a, a single life because it's possible that most people at some point in our lives are going to be on our own. Well, when we come back from break, we'll have a quick business bite and then we will continue on with the show where we'll be talking about hearing and how to prevent hearing loss. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. Stay with me. More to come. Be the star you are. The star. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. People are always looking for characteristics of what is a great place to work. Well, according to the Great Place to Work Institute, trust between managers and employees is the primary defining characteristic of the very best workplaces. When employees trust the people they work for, they will have pride in what they do and enjoy the people they work with more. The relationships between employees and management, employees and their job, and employees and other employees is the crucial factor in defining a great workplace. Employees cite having meaningful and challenging work in a familial and casual atmosphere 
with concerned leadership, along with the opportunity to balance work and personal life as being most crucial for the ability to work hard and play hard. Communication, feedback, and maintaining a level of professional high standards help people stand taller and feel more capable. Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. For more information, visit Cynthia Bryan. That's Cynthia Bryan at CynthiaBryan.com. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. Bethestarur.org. Dare to care. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business. Well, we are back again. So thank you for staying with me. And we're going to be talking about hearing now because I don't know how many people have gone to, you know, incredibly loud concerts, right? <laughs> Where um, for years you just were having your earbuds like blasted out. I know a lot of people in the 70s, 80s, 90s, but I think it's kind of a common thing to do. And then what ends up happening is... Um, Later on, it's, it's a little bit hard of hearing. So what is the thing? Well, we have to learn how to boost our hearing, and that will aid our brain. Studies are tying hearing woes to cognitive decline. So we do have some options to improve our hearing. And if anybody is ever complaining to you that you're starting to shout or talk too loud, or that you have the television up so loud, or you know, you're in the car and the music is just blasting out, you might be having a bit of a hearing loss. Recent research suggests that hearing loss can contribute to more serious problems like cognitive decline. I know people always are joking about hearing loss and they just think that that's something that comes as you age. And although hearing loss could, you know, become less clear as you age, it is not normal. And it's not something that you should shrug off. So you want to maintain good hearing. And it is one of the best ways to stay sharp, to keep connected, and to maintain your quality of life. So if hearing problems 
are preventing you from engaging in any conversations, you probably are starting or maybe you've already done it. You are, um, are, you know, not going to social parties. You're probably avoiding any kind of social situation. And that suggests with that hearing loss could carry a number of emotional and psychological consequences, including more social isolation. And social isolation has been shown to lead to depression. So moreover, the research adds to evidence suggesting that hearing loss contributes to memory and thinking problems. There was a study done recently of 2,051 people. And the researchers reported that having either hearing or visual impairment was associated with an 11% increased risk of dementia and a 10% greater risk of Alzheimer's disease. And this was during a seven-year follow-up period. And that's with 2,051 people. So having both types of sensory impairment that would um, that would mean having the hearing loss um, and you know the memory, um, the memory loss. Having both types of sensory impairment, it was associated with an 86% greater likelihood of dementia, and get this, 112% higher risk of Alzheimer's disease. And this was, was research that was reported to the Alzheimer's Association, the international conference. So another study involved 16,000 people, well, 16,270 to be exact, from Taiwan. And they found that hearing loss was associated with an increased risk of dementia, especially in people ages 45 to 64. And that was in uh, the JAMA network um, open. So what is really surprising about these articles and research is that there doesn't have to be that much hearing loss before it has an impact. Once you're aware of hearing loss, it's important to do something about it right away because the longer you go not having the right auditory stimulation, the quicker the decline happens. Now, what about hearing aids? You can get help, right? So data suggests that once people recognize a hearing impairment, they tend to wait something like four to seven years before they seek any help. And many people who need hearing aids don't pursue them for a variety of reasons because they, they some of those reasons include not realizing how much they are missing because they can't hear it, or they are really afraid of the stigma that wearing them is a visual sign of old age and they don't want to be old. <laughs> Actually, when people are not acknowledging a comment or are responding inappropriately, that creates a bigger and kind of a worse impression than something that you're wearing in your ear, right? So generally hearing aids can be expected to last five to seven years and today's devices are equipped with technology that adapts to your listening environment. Plus, since many hearing aids feature Bluetooth technology, people don't need headphones or earbuds to help you hear your cell phone or television or any other media devices. And some hearing aids even allow you to control the volume of your hearing aid by your smartphone or you know an app on your smartphone. 
And hearing aids are available in so many different styles, and they all have their pros and cons. Um, doctors say that they most often prescribe a receiver in the ear style of hearing aid in which the microphone and processor are situated behind the ear and are connected via a tiny wire to a speaker that rests in the ear canal. And one of the things you should be discussing with your audiologist is exactly what your goals are, what kinds of environments you're in and what kind of hearing needs you have. And then that doctor will select the technology that meets your needs. But first, you probably have to um, have to, you know, meet with your uh, physician to find out, you know, what doctor you're going to need, what specialist. And if you can't gain sufficient benefits from hearing aids, you could always ask about a cochlear implant. Those devices offer some of the same technology as hearing aids, but um, oh, and their cost is usually covered by insurance. They're not a last resort like they used to be considered. So you could do either. But I mean, if you have to put, um, you know, a little hearing aid in your ear, you know, you can just pretend that you're like James Bond and you're a spy or something. But some of these ones that go behind your ear, um, your hair can cover them up. So, you know, I wouldn't worry about the aesthetics so much as how it's going to help you here. Don't skip an evaluation. Obviously, cost can be a barrier to hearing aid use. The price of a parent hearing aid can, uh, they can range from several hundred dollars to thousands of dollars, depending on the level of technology involved. But this cost is generally, it depends on your insurance. Sometimes it's not covered. But many insurances, um, it, especially this coming year, I've noticed in reviewing insurance policies that they are covering things like that. And if budget is a concern, a concern, talk to your doctor because appropriate technology usually is available at many different price points. Now, for some people with mild hearing loss, you can have a non-prescription personal sound application uh, that would just amplify. It's an amplification product. It's called a PSAP. And they're available online and from a number of retailers and even from pharmacies. And additionally, over-the-counter hearing aids available without a hearing professional's eva uh, evaluation have been on the market since uh, 2020. Now, these devices may open the door for many people to improve their hearing. But what we have to caution again is you do have to choose one um, and it's probably still better to at least get one appointment with the doctor who can tell you what is going to be the best thing for you. It's not like reading glasses. So hearing aids are not like reading glasses where you put them on and you can see clearly. If you are amplifying your hearing inappropriately, you probably won't know. And that's why having a hearing test is important. And even after using a new device, it's important to have an evaluation to make sure that the device is improving your hearing to the extent that's expected. Because people ask, what is the best hearing aid? But th that's not the question you have to ask. You have to find out who is programming it. If you have someone who can select the correct device for you, program it appropriately and ensure that it meets your prescriptive needs, 
that is the most important thing than any style of hearing aid. So just remember that hearing is very, very important. And there are so many things you can do. You can have your hearing tested. You can guard your hearing by using protection. Um, you know, put earplugs in. I put earplugs in when I'm on a plane because it's just too loud. Or even when I go to a restaurant. Um, manage your blood sugar and other cardiovascular risk factors. Ask your doctor if any medications you take could cause hearing loss. Review all your hearing aid options and work with your doctor to choose the one that's right for you. Find out if your insurance covers the cost of hearing aids or hearing exam. And learn about return and refund policy and warranties just in case whatever you end up getting doesn't work for you. Well, that is our show for today. Thank you so much for joining me here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We hope that you'll consider donating to Be the Star You Are charity by going to be the star you are.org. Find out more about me and Star Style Productions at CynthiaBryan.com and everything about the radio shows at StarStyleRadio.com. Um, every week we train, we train, yes, I do try to train, but my aim is to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate you to see beyond your physical being, know you already are the star you dreamed of becoming, cherish the past, dream of the future, and celebrate every moment of your life. And read a book this week, and I hope that you'll pick up No Barnyard Bullies. And if you've seen um, my Instagram or any of my social posts, one of the Safety Squad dogs absolutely loves the book and cuddles with it. I just posted a picture. It was pretty cute. So check that out. Until next week when we celebrate once again, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. I'm Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you to be the star you are. Be your authentic, uh, unapologetically authentic self. And hey, this is the week of love. So happy Valentine's Day. I hope that you'll be celebrating. Thanks for joining me. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are. <laughs>